God's Love Language, a podcast designed for Christian discipleship with emphasis on developing our relationship and fellowship with God. Now, here is our host, Joe Enlow. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Deanna, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, folks. We are back to God's Love Language with Joe Inlow, and that would be me. This episode is a mile marker for us, a very important one. It represents our one-year anniversary of God's Love Language with Joe Inlow. This podcast began in the middle of a pandemic one year ago. Thanks for your support. We are concluding our series on relationships and fellowship today with this fourth and final episode on the subject. This has been a popular series because relationships are what all of us desire here on earth. A good relationship and fellowship with God, family, and friends. This series and its subject matter are the basis of my book, God's Purpose for the Family, a book I hope to be releasing in the future. If you're tuning in for the first time, I would suggest that you begin by listening to episodes 15, 16, and 17. They set the stage for this last episode on relationships and fellowship. Let us begin. Understanding the basics of cellular growth, as we discussed in episodes 15 and 16, and how God designed us, we can see that we are wired to grow through our experience, interpretation, and those experiences and our reaction to them. If we have positive experiences and interactions with others in our environment, or at least we perceive them as positive, especially with immediate family members, if we are provided a loving, godly, and caring environment while we are growing up, we will normally turn out to be the types of individuals that are meant to bring God glory as we live out our lives and calling here on earth. As it says in Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The mind and body will respond to the godly environment and produce godly individuals that we, God will use to glorify his name on earth. Amen? It goes like this. God created us to respond to a loving God and loving caretakers. In turn, we grow up healthy individuals, contribute to our families, community, and overall national and church success. This upbringing should cause us to seek out like-minded individuals in which to marry. We then produce and raise children after our own kind because we have created a healthy and loving environment for all. Seeking to do the Father's will to be fruitful and multiply, to subdue and have dominion of the world, and to go and make disciples in all the world, all in the face of the evil one. But a negative outcome will also be experienced if we are raised in a home without God, with little or no love, with our eyes set on self-fulfillment, our self-gratification. Now, God's spiritual heavenly beings, like angels, did not experience living in sin until they chose it. They knew there was a God. But they didn't know about sin until they chose to, to, to venture there. At least some of them, right? The main catalyst behind sin is selfishness, self-love. It's love, but a perverted form of love. Self-love is fraudulent and does not lead to growth. It only makes you believe that more is necessary, and you get it even at the cost of others' happiness. That is the world most of us lived in prior to becoming a Christian. 
Even the worldly communication on TV and the web tells us we should take care of our needs first. Loving God's way is completely contrary to the world's view. We are laughed at for believing in an unseen God that according to their standards, we should be able to see, measure, and question. Well, we have learned that through the rebellion of some of the heavenly hosts and and Adam and Eve, that even seeing and knowing God daily is not enough for created beings to totally commit and obey. A worldview cannot believe that anyone would serve God for the sheer joy of having a relationship with Him, or that anyone would seek to please God, giving up their own desires unless they were after something from Him. Fallen humans and their leader, Satan, believe that if God didn't provide the earthly benefits, then men would never provide the earthly obedience. They don't believe anyone would enter any relationship, much less with God, just for the relationship aspect of it. Now, an argument could be made by some that Christians become Christians to receive eternal life in heaven and the rewards awaiting them. Some preachers on TV tell you that you can be rich and famous while here on earth. While, you know, this can be possible by following following godly principles, try preaching that message while living in a third world country or when you have fallen flat on your face in life. Yes, those are things that could happen as a result of following and obeying God. You could be very successful here on earth. But one of the purest forms of love and obedience for God can be found in the story of Job, outside of the love and obedience of Jesus. Satan assumed that if God took away his protective heads from around Job, Job would then curse God to his face. God took the challenge and allowed Satan to take everything from him but Job's wife. Job lost all his sons and daughters, all livestock, all his good health. Job's first response in chapter 1, verse 20, was to fall on the ground and worship God. And in verse 22, it says that through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. Look at the temptation of Jesus in Luke 4, 1 through 13. There Satan wanted to be worshipped so badly to lift himself up to be God, that he appealed to Jesus' sense of self and offered up riches and treasures if Jesus would only worship him. He also tried to get Jesus to use his godly powers for self-edification, to make bread and to fall to the earth unharmed. Satan knew if he could get Jesus to edify himself for gain of riches and fame, he would get Jesus to commit sin. Jesus fought Satan and temptation with the word of God and by staying true to his calling and mission on earth, which was staying true to the love and will of God. Satan believes that humans having free will and experiencing self-love cannot possibly have a relationship and fellowship with God just because of love and devotion. That is inconceivable to Satan. Dwight Edwards says it this way, Nobody worships Satan because of love for Satan. They worship and serve him for power, drugs, sex, protection, etc. Because he provides such appealing goods, they are willing to bow down to him in order to ensure the delivery of those goods. And the devil cannot believe that men would treat God any other way, which is where he is wrong. Oh, so wrong. Job understood that the earth and all it contains belongs to God, and he and he alone can do with it as he pleases. Jesus also knew this. You must be willing to sell all out for God, 
believing he will do what glorifies him in all circumstances, which normally is in our best interest, whether we understand it at the time or not. If God takes a loved one from you, brings you to bankruptcy, or allows you to lose all that you have and inflict illness upon you, can you hold fast and weather the storm until its purpose has been made clear, or you die and go to him? Remember, it is not about you. If God is whom he says he is and can be trusted to do what he had promised, then he is worthy of our loving, trusting obedience. What is our job as the object of God's attention? How should we respond to him? We are in a relationship with him. So this type of love and commitment is what God is seeking from us. It is a radical, pious, totally committed type of love that neither the world nor Satan can understand, but it is also what sets us apart from the spiritual creations in heaven. They can believe, having more evidence than we have, that God exists. We believe without seeing him, and we should believe with total commitment. It is why he created us on earth, complete reliance on him and his plan for us and humanity. You can Hop on board with willingness to completely abandon your possessions on earth if called to, or you can expect to muddle your way through this life as a semi-committed, maybe even a hypocritical, in your devotion. In some ways, those of us living in the Western countries in the free world are less committed to God than those in many third world countries or in oppressive countries where it is illegal to be a Christian. We do not want to lose the comforts of our lifestyle. We make the claim that God has blessed us with living in our country, but when lifestyle change comes, we panic and ask what we did wrong. Romans reminds us that God is in charge and nothing happens without his knowledge or consent, including in politics. When you are confident in your beliefs and mature and prepared, there should be no anxiety or fear in your life. In fact, it should be somewhat exciting. Let me kind of Try to explain it by comparing it with getting orders to move to a new base in the military. Now, some of you know I've spent 20 years in the Army. But when we got orders, sometimes completely by surprise, at, and at what seemed maybe to be the worst possible time, but I look back on it now and realize getting those orders to move is what I miss most about being in the military. And I've got plenty of friends that say the same thing. Yes, it created fear and anxiety the first couple of times, but then you realize the excitement of the new possibilities as you grew more prepared in your career. You realize that everything worked out and the Army would take care of you and your family on each move. A new adventure was waiting for you, and for the most part, it helped you grow and mature as an individual soldier and person. It actually caused you to think more like, a soldier should, to be prepared and be committed to the military and its mission, just like we as Christians should be committed to God and our mission. Christianity is the same way. You should not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but seek those that advance the kingdom of God. The less investment you have in earthly possessions and lifestyle, the more and deeper you can serve the Lord. We are to be a counterculture, members of the kingdom with a mission to save souls for God and bring glory to him through our obedience. That is God's love language, obedience. Job knew God was moving. He probably hated every minute of what happened to him. But he understood 
He had no right to question God because God was in charge and would ultimately take care of him. In the end, Job was blessed with seven more children, twice the livestock that he had lost, and his wealth was, excuse me, his health was completely restored. We know how we are to see God and have a daily fellowship with him because he made us that way, to receive and then give love in return, to represent him and his love to others. This takes the focus off us. It helps us to stay God-focused and not self-focused. It keeps us humble and in the right frame of mind. So how are we to view relationships and fellowship with others? Listen to me closely. I believe relationships and fellowship with others is the basic and most effective way to counter our sinful nature. Think about what I have said in almost all episodes this past year. At its core, sin is selfishness and greed. Every act of sin can be traced to your desire to do something for yourself. Let's start with a simple one. Lying. Why do you lie? You lie to hide something you did so that you will avoid getting in trouble. Stealing. Why do you steal? To get what you want. Murder. To eliminate someone for some reason that benefits you. Adultery. Drugs. Pornography, human trafficking, etc., all are based on self-gratification. Every act of sin has its roots in a selfish desire. The truth is, even your lack of total devotion to God as a Christian has its roots in the desire to indulge in earthly pleasures. You don't want to truly commit. To have true, loving, nurturing relationships that benefit all involved, you must put aside your selfish desires and learn to love others. Put others on a level of at least yourself. You cannot get lost in the sinful lust or self-gratification without damaging a relationship. I would also argue that the deepest and most fulfilling of all relationships involve total abandonment of selfish desires. Uh, Like letting Jesus be your Lord and Savior, you had to abandon yourself and give in to Jesus, his calling on your spirit, on your life. Or loving your spouse with a godly mentality means, it doesn't mean that giving 50-50, it means you're willing to give 100% without expecting anything in return. Of course, if these are average people, they will give you something in return. Look at the Beatitudes in Matthew also if you want to see a summary of giving like the Lord would have you give and and being humble and, and so forth. Check it out. Read them again. All right, in summary, let's bring this to a close. We were created to learn to love like God, to keep the focus off ourselves. Love is the most talked about theme in music, TV, movies, and on the internet. It is a driving force in all creation, whether it is agape love or unconditional, godly, our toxic, deadly self-love. To rise above yourself, you must decrease and elevate others with whom you have relationships, beginning with God. This logic goes completely against the teaching of the world, but so does most of the teaching and lessons in the Bible. This is the real reason God said it is not good for man to be alone. He was not lonely. You know, after all, he communed with God every day. If he's lonely, then, you know, like I've said before, what do we have to look forward to? He had, man had to learn, he wasn't lonely, but he had to learn that creation was not about him. All evil and sin stem from self-love, greed, selfishness. That is what happens when you care only about yourself. Self-love is idolatry in its most deadly form. 
It is worship of yourself, thinking you deserve more than you do, like Satan did, like Adam and Eve did. They wanted to be like God, but God says you shall have no other gods before him. Loving relationships are based on the giving of yourself. The entire New Testament and its teachings on how to live as a Christian tell us to do the opposite of the mistakes that Satan and the first humans made. Forget yourself, humble yourselves, take on the full armor, always pray, give love, grace, and mercy, try to live at peace with all, love your enemies, give, minister, reach out, provide for, love, love, love. Love is exhibited through relationships and fellowship and fellowship of all levels. It is a mindset. It is the mindset of God. Follow these guidelines and there will be less killing, hate, stealing, abuse, greed. Godly attributes are learned in this life, not in the next. Let me say that again. For us humans, godly attributes are learned in this life, not in the next. Over 200 angels were in heaven, seeing and knowing God, and still rebelled. And Adam and Eve knew and walked with God and still rebelled. The Israelites had daily miracles in the desert, and those miracles they saw, it didn't make many of them believe or change at all. They were punished and died in the desert, all but Joshua and Caleb. Satan has distorted how we enter and maintain relationships. He knows how important they are to God's plan. He tears at the very fabric of relationships through all media avenues, music, TV, movies, the Internet. He knows that keeping you alone and afraid to venture out in the world of relationships and you will not grow and become like Jesus. Or he tries to pervert the way relationships should be. He wants to get you to put yourselves above all else, as he did. In James 1, 14 and 15, it says, But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Satan has been very successful. After the fall, it became all about us, and then it led to the first murder. Cain kills Abel because of self-love and pride. It has gone downhill ever since. Woman went from being an equal in the garden to just the mother of Adam's children or the mother of humans. Today, we see so many crimes against other humans in all countries, all having hatred, greed, self-love, or lust at their core. Remember, the commands given to humans have dominion, multiply, and go into all the world and preach the gospel. Heal the sick and make, the, make disciples. Satan has distorted all three by putting the self, love, greed, hate, lust, selfishness as the focus. If he can't stop us, he distorts it and makes it destroy us. As a result, depression, anxiety, and many other mental illnesses have gained momentum and lead to an increase of suicides, oppression, and isolation. It is a spiritual war we are fighting, people. We should not expect anything less from him. We must learn to live and love like God wants us to in this life, to be overcomers of this sinful nature. Believe the promises in the word and claim them and live them no matter what comes on us. 
Relationships and fellowships are the basic training ground. We learn to love and treat others in a godly manner through relationships and fellowship with others. In turn, we learn to be humble and God-focused as we do it. It all begins with the familial relationships. I have said it before and will say it again. Everything you need to know to be successful in your life are the basic, the basic principles can be and should be learned as you grow up in your family of origin. Then you have a firm foundation and can go forth and do great things for God because you have acquired the basic building blocks of an overcomer, a committed Christian, and a warrior ready to learn and obey. Many of you listening to this podcast are grown and on your own. You think these opportunities have passed you by. Do not despair. Listen to my other podcasts and teachings from others along these themes and make the changes in your life now. Then begin to implement them in your families. Be aware of the negative influence poor relationships can have on you also. Toxic relationships will bring you down and make you feel defeated, thus defeating the purpose God intended. Choose your relationships wisely if you can and always operate from a biblical perspective. Find someone you admire as a Christian and gleam from them as much as possible. Submit to the Lord, and He will guide you. Ask, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and teach you how to hear the voice of God and to do His will. Remember our episode on cognitive dissonance and behavioral change. The more you practice the desired behaviors, the more you change the body, soul, and spirit. Obey God in His Word and see the changes happen. In the words of William Law in his book, A Serious Call to a Devout and Holy Life, he says, If you will stop here and ask yourself why you are not as pious as the primitive Christians were, your own heart will tell you that it is neither through ignorance or nor inability, but because you never thoroughly intended it. Thank you for listening in, and I do hope to hear from you. Please send me an email at jnlow at godslovelanguage.com. Next month, I hope to have that follow-up interview with Anna Michael. We interviewed Anna in episode six, and now she has published her book of poems on the way God breaks, heals, and shapes us. It's entitled, Let Be What Is. Anna has agreed to come back on the podcast to discuss the book of poems. If you have a chance, go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble and order the book. I think the base price is around $10.99, and it is a print-by-order book, so order it soon. That way, you can follow our conversation as we discuss the book. Until then, may God bless you and keep you. May he turn your heart completely towards him so that your joy may be full and that you glorify him in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. If you would like more information about our podcast and subject matter, or if you would like to leave a comment, go to GodsLoveLanguage.com. Or you may email Joe at jnlow at godslovelanguage.com. 